Um, this morning's uh, sermon is going to be on the topic of health, health, health. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, it's a, there's no section of Proverbs that looks at this so um, in, in particular. So what I'm going to do, or what I did rather was, I went through the, the whole of the book there during the week, and I collated everything that uh, touched on this topic, right? So don't, don't open your Bibles. Well, you can if you want, like, but um, don't, don't ever let it be said that I told you not to do that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm just going to read through it, right? There's a, there's, a, there's a heap of them, but as it happens, my sermon is a bit shorter than usual anyway, so this will make up for it. And it goes like this. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Long life is in her right hand. That's wisdom. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house, lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to one who is cruel. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another. And the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. And you will say, oh, I hated discipline. How my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instructors. Instructors. And as soon as I was in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value, but righteousness delivers from death. The mode of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mode of the wicked conceals violence. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Truly, the righteous attain life, but whoever pursues evil finds death. Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. A person's riches may ransom their life, but the poor cannot respond to threatening rebukes. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joy. Even in laughter, the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. 
Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. And lastly, the fear of the Lord leads to life. And then one rests content, untouched by trouble. That's God's word. So I wonder, uh, I'm just going to open this, but when I was reading the Proverbs, it was, it was a very good experience, actually. I'd advise you to do it. I think Christoph said you should do it at the start, the first series, didn't you? Yeah, should should do that. But um, no, it was good uh, because... As I was reading it every now and again, I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. And I mean, that happens with the Bible, you know. Just, uh, but uh, no, it really spoke to me where I was in my life. Anyway, I, that's just random, you know. It's, Proverbs is good. But we're talking today about health. And um, I'm going to start off with this. Sometimes... If I'm in town, like in the city, or if I'm just out and about, and I pass by an open church, and we do it here, actually, soul space, um, I'll go in and I'll, I'll say a prayer, I'll pray a bit. And one time I was working, uh, when I worked in Dublin, I went into this church, it was a Catholic church, and I went in and I was, I was praying. And on the way out, I saw this, um, yeah, I suppose it's a, a shrine, I'm not quite sure, to Mary. And I went over just to have a, to have a look at it. There was a big statue of Mary, and there was a, a rail in front of it, you know. And on the rail, there was this book, a um, handwritten book. And uh, I opened it up, and what it was, was it was uh, a book where you could write your prayer in. And by, by writing it in, you would have prayed, and then you could leave it there so someone else could pray for you, right? Fairly simple. So I started to read through it. And every single prayer page after page, and it was easy about maybe, I don't know, a hundred or so more entries. Um, Every single prayer was health-related, every single one of them. And it was either for the person's own health, or more often not for the health of someone that they loved. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But I I was shocked, and this is, I don't know, maybe ten, ten years ago or so, because I think I was a bit young and innocent about life, more so than I was today anyway, back then. And I understand it better now. I wouldn't be shocked now if I saw that. Because ever since I've had kids of my own, and some of my friends have developed long-term you know, health problems. And of course, trained to be a minister has brought me in contact with a lot of people who suffer from health issues. And I mean, I, I have a spreadsheet upstairs on my... On my uh, my computer has got heaps of prayers on it that people tell me, and a lot of them are just praying for healing. So I understand it. The reality, that is, that that book pointed to, I understand a lot better now. And that reality is that our health is very, very, very important to us, isn't it? Because bad health means either you or someone you love is suffering. So, of course, it's important to us. And you can see that, too, that it's important, I should say, by, uh, when you talk to people by what they say, right? We, we, we don't talk about it too openly, but it comes out in us. Um, it, it's clear that it's on people's mind. It's a big part of their, of their consciousness, you know? I was talking to a taxi driver two weeks ago. He was actually driving me to the church here. And uh, I asked him how he was doing, and he gave me this big, long list of all the things 
that was wrong with him. But, he says, but, it's okay. Because, sure, everything balances out in the end, he says to me. You win some, you lose some. And as soon as he says that to me, you know, which is a, 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 a philosophy of life that doesn't mention Jesus, my evangelistic antennas were going, duh, 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 duh. you know, what am I, what will I say here, that kind of thing. And I, can't, I, don't even, I don't know what I said to him, but I push back against this idea a little bit that, you know, um, everything in life balances itself out. And in reply to me, he said that, well, at least I'm healthy and your health is your wealth. Right? Have you heard that one? So what he was saying was a very popular idea, which is that no matter what happens, if your job's taken away, if your relationship fails, if you lose all the money that you have in the world, you've reached a really low point, but at least you haven't gone as far as losing your health. Because it's very, very important. It's foundational to our ability to even do all those other things. And even if all those other things are gone without our health, we put, it, we put our ability to do that in jeopardy. So physical health and the importance of having good health um, is always there. It's always at the back of our head. And similarly, mental health, and I suppose um, your, your, your brain, I couldn't think of a word for this, maybe someone can tell me afterwards, um, this is just as important to us. And in my family circle, uh, we've, had a pe- we've had some people who've had mental health issues, uh, and people who've had memory problems, dementia, and so on. And since that happened, I've been more aware of when people say things like, you know, they say, well, I still have my wits about me, thank God. Or I still know my own name and address, thank God. Or if you inquire about someone's family, they might tell you with obvious happiness that their fathers and their mothers their mind is still as sharp as a tack. And really, I mean, that's a kind of a long-winded way of trying to get to my point, I suppose, but really all I'm saying is that this is indicative of the fact that the world we live in holds their own health as a very, very important thing. And I, I haven't even gone near, and I'm not going to either, the vast amount of writing and talking and reading and doing that's found around topics of exercise and diet. Some of which, uh, as we know, is driven by issues related to appearance and, and wanting and needing to look good. But all of that stuff is, if you take a face value at least, it's mostly to do with people's health. And again, the sheer vast amount of all that talk that we hear about that stuff these days is indicative of the emphasis people put on it, of their health. So, I, I think I've made my case, right? Whether you're sick or not, whether your loved ones are sick or not, our health is a big deal to all of us. So the question then is, what does God have to say to us about it? Specifically, what does God have to say to us through this book of Proverbs, right? And at least in terms of size, anyway, he doesn't have, say, he doesn't have much to say because uh, if you were to chop up Proverbs and rearrange it according to topics that it covers and you, and you looked at that list, health would probably be down at the very bottom. Well, maybe not, I don't know. But it's small anyway compared to the rest of them. There's only a few Proverbs that directly address health. And in fact, there's only one that talks about sickness. And even that one is making a point about our our inner life and the strength that comes from it. But the few that are there, they have a lot to say uh, because what they say can be quite profound and very practical, right? So, 
I thought what I'd do is I'd take a few of the practical ones and just, just throw it out there. We'll see how it goes. A lot of the practical stuff it deals not with our physical health, and I, I, I'll, I'll talk about that why in a second, but a lot of the practical stuff deals with our psychological health, you know, um, our mind. And, and also the practical proverbs deal with the health of our relationships, me and ye, ye and each other, ye and your families, etc., etc. So, for example, here's one. We are told that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And this is a particularly, sorry, particularly favorite one of mine, because actually it helped me a lot when I was a young Christian. I had come from a background where I did not have a lot of success in my life, and I had a tendency to just give up, and, and I actually would praise myself for my ability to deal with failure without getting upset. But then I read this, and I was both rebuked and encouraged, because I saw that actually I was only lying to myself to protect myself from the pain of failure. And actually it was okay to strive for something and enjoy it when I achieved it. it was, Go out and get, do something, Richard, it's okay. So that was like one little bit of psychological straightening, you know. And those who say that the Bible is out of date are to read it again. This, here's a book, thousands of years old, performing counseling to me in the 21st century. In another proverb we're told, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. And this proverb touches on a big theme in the book, theme in the book, and indeed in other parts of the Bible, the theme of the power of spoken words. And how true is it, right, that probably everybody here could tell maybe five, ten more powerful stories where our lives have been on the receiving end of either the good word or that brought healing or the lie that did a lot of damage? You tell those stories? And, of course, it works the other way too, because no doubt we've also been the ones that said those good things, or we were the ones that did, said the lie that did a lot of damage. I still remember... Oh, man. I still remember the look on this girl's face outside of a pub in Cork City when I made fun of her appearance and her face just fell downcast straight away. You know, that was nearly 15 years ago. I'm still guilty about it. Another proverb. We're told, better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Now, I don't have any personal stories to tie to that but I have met many people including homeless many homeless people who are though they have almost no belongings in life they have they live a very peaceful life and contented whereas on the other hand I'm sure we all know I know a few I knew at least some people who have a grand big house plenty of money plenty of food but there ain't nothing but arguments and fights from morning till evening in that house and then one more practical one we're told that each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. And that's a kind of a strange one. Each heart can know its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. Now at the surface, this one is kind of like a lot of the other Proverbs where it's not, it's not really advice. 
It's, not, it's just descriptive of a certain part of lived reality. But that's a good thing, you see, because sometimes you need to know what reality is. So, for example, this proverb is teaching us that there are certain things about ourselves that only we know, only we can know. We can share them, but only we can know them. And that's a good thing to hear because it protects us from thinking that we know the person alongside us completely and vice versa. So, like, I'm married to Erica for 10 years. I know her 12 years. And every now and again, I think I got her all sewed up. When she does or say something, I'm like, where, where did that come from? It's good, right? Now, if I had the expectation that I should know her after all these years, I'd be upset. But I'm not. Because actually, Proverbs is telling us that the only one who will, who will ever truly know Erica is herself. And if I want to get to know her more, I'm going to have to go back in there again. And there's loads more of those practical type of proverbs. And I would encourage you to read them. Like I was saying, you know, I read the whole book through and it was a great experience. It's like, yes, exactly. Every now and again I was doing that. But anyway, leaving the practical stuff alone, what does God teach us through this book of proverbs on the big picture of health? For starters, as we've seen a moment ago, the writers do not see health solely just in terms of physical health. They more often talk about life in general. So, for example, right, in chapter 3 we're told about wisdom and that long life is in her right hand and she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And so what we're, do, what we're seeing there is we find this idea that we should consider the health of all of what constitutes our life and not just think of it with regard to sickness or the lack of sickness. And that's something that Proverbs holds in common with the rest of the Old Testament, the rest, actually the rest of the Bible, where we find that God is not at all solely concerned with just our own physical health. And instead what we see there, just as we do in Proverbs, and throughout the Bible, is that the definition of health is widened out to include the health of our relationships, for example, with our families and our neighbours, or people in church, uh, and it's widened out to include our inner health, like our psychological stuff, you know, so our feelings, our desires, our emotions. And then lastly, above all else, it's widened out to include spiritual health, in other words, our relationship with God. And it's this wide definition of health that you find in Proverbs. So when it does ta tackle this topic, that's what it keeps drawing us back to. Of course, that leaves us with a little bit of a conundrum when, because we don't, we don't think about health in that way. We think about health mostly in medical terms. Yeah, yeah, sure, we use the word healthy, as an adjective to describe the state of our relationships, I have a healthy relationship with my wife, that kind of thing, or our inner life, or our spiritual life. But for the most part, when we use the word health, we're talking about whether or not we're physically healthy. Are we sick, or are we well? That's the question we're asking. And I think then what happens when we're reading Proverbs, it, what it does to this way of thinking is that it doesn't deny that we should give consideration to our physical health, but it does change our perception of it. 
by putting it in this bigger picture. It's just a part of the package, you see. The healthiness of all of our life, that's what we're supposed to be considering. And when we put it into this bigger picture, you're going to see two, excuse me, fairly clear, two, two things fairly clear. Firstly, like when you're reading Proverbs, you're going to see two things fairly clear about physical health in amongst the rest of it, right? Firstly, God is more concerned about our behavior towards others and towards him. So we're talking about the health of our relationships and our spiritual health. He's more concerned about that. He's more concerned about this then than our physical well-being, right? That's why we see Proverbs like, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Keep my commands and you will live. Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value, but righteousness delivers from debt. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Truly the righteous attain life, but whoever pursues evil finds death. These proverbs talk about our life but their focus is not on our physical well-being. Their focus is on what we do with our life. Now, if that seems uh, harsh, you know, what I just said, maybe you're thinking basically it seems like God's more interested in our obedience than in our physical health. Well, that's true. But if you think that's harsh, well, hold on, because Proverbs teaches us a promise with regards to our physical health. It does. And this is what it says. When the Proverbs go like this, they say, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. And a heart of peace gives life to the body. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. And the common theme, the teaching with regard to our physical health in, that is hidden in all these verses is that it's got nothing to do with medicine. Again, it's got nothing to do with dieting or exercising. What it says is that if you fear the Lord, and I would def- define fearing the Lord as acknowledging who he is, what he is, what he's done, and acting appropriately in response. If you fear the Lord, when the sickness comes... You'll be able to handle it. The faith that God has developed in you as you follow them will be the same faith that he uses to walk you through the trouble that comes your way. Oh, that's hard to say, right? I think it is anyway. I feel, I feel it's hard to say because by inference I would be appearing to say that if you're not dealing well with your illness or your sickness, that's a reflection of the level to which you do not fear the Lord. I'm not saying that. I can see why you would think I'm saying that. But I don't know your situation. I can't judge it. And I wouldn't want that till I did know you. But I will say that this is what Proverbs is saying. As you trust the Lord, he makes you into the kind of person who's able to face up whatever comes. And I, you know, I don't even know that, I don't know this from my own experience, actually, if this is true. I've had, I've had a share of troubles but I've never been seriously sick. And in fact, I get, I get serious bouts of man flu. 
Erica says to me that uh, she told me a few months ago that she realized that when I'm sick or really tired, I'm useless. <laughs> she has to do everything herself. She doesn't even ask me. So I have a lot to learn, right? Yet this is what Proverbs is teaching about our physical health. And I've seen it. I think we've all seen it. I've seen Christian men and women face up to all sorts of illnesses. Some struggle their way through it, and some are able to keep, take it in their stride. But they're all able to do so. Or they're all able to do what they're able to do because of the Lord. And that's it.